Welcome to my podcast about success, peace, and hope. I hope you enjoyed the last few episodes. If you did, please subscribe, share, and um, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, or Instagram. Episode 5, Lesson 5. Peace is a constant target. You can't have it all at once. It is achieved when you master your inner self, curb your greed, and learn to let go of things you can't change. It requires you to be generous with yourself, knowing that you are not perfect, and stop comparing yourself to others, for they have different dreams and aspirations. Peace is a resolution with yourself to take it slow. My guardian once told me of this story when I asked her how she has managed to keep going after being left by her husband with one child and taking care of other people. The story goes, there once lived two men who rented houses that were close to each other. One was a mechanic while the other was a farmer. The mechanic would come home driving different cars every day since he repaired them. Every time the farmer would see this, he would tell his wife, we need to buy a car like he has. So, on the next harvest, instead of buying the new equipment and seedlings for the next season, he just bought a new car. The next time, the mechanic brought a big TV. The farmer decided that it was time for him to change the television that they had, so he also decided to buy a new one. He kept on buying new things because of the neighbors, even though he did not need them. He took out loans to support his newfound love of things, and soon after, he started working every time. At night, he could not sleep because he was worried they are going to come and take away his land. Slowly by slowly, he wasted away. A man who was once the envy of the village was no more, becoming restless and short-tempered. With this story, it tells us how this gentleman who was once a very interesting person and who was the envy of the village, lost his peace to something that he did not have power to control. And so that begs the question, what is peace and what did he exactly lose when he started comparing himself to other people? Why are some people peaceful while others are falling apart? Anxiety and depressions are very high everywhere. Can we attain peace, both in our lives and in our community? In this world, are we supposed to be peaceful in it, or do we have to wait for heaven, where everything is peaceful and calm? How can we be peaceful when so many people we care about are dying? How does achieving our dreams relate to being peaceful? So these are the questions that I have in my head, and I think of when I talk about peace. It's a peace is uh, synonymous with accord, friendship, love, reconciliation, truth, unity, and serenity. It is defined as a mutual harmony between people or groups, especially in personal friendships, relations, of freedom from disturbance, tranquility, according to the dictionary. Peace from the beginning of time has been sought by different people, nations, and world leaders. Everyone talks about peace. Um, peace between ourselves, peace with our nations, p- 
peace between our communities and our inner peace. Gandhi in India, Martin Luther King Jr., and all these other people have fought for peace, and they have fought for freedom, which is similar but a little bit different. Even in heaven, where people are supposed to supposedly find peace, they have to fight to get there. In the Bible, in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 11, Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Which means that even the kingdom of heaven that we hope that we want to go, which is supposed to be peaceful, has to be taken by violence, like you have to fight for it. Seems like one of those hard things to achieve, even in their lives. So do we have to fight here so that we can be in heaven where it is peaceful? Adding peace into equations of our busy lives seems like it continues to complicate our lives so that we are told that we have to learn to let go. But how can we do that when the world around it is literally falling apart? From the news we see to our work or climate, the news is getting more and more depressing and anxiety-producing. A paper published in 1993 about television viewing and depression concluded that even though television viewing served as a means of escape from depressive moods, the opposite is being achieved. You're getting more depressed than taking away the mood of depression. This has not changed so much in 2022 and 2023 as D.L. Holt write in their article exploring the effect of news media and exposure of anxiety and depression during the COVID-19 pandemic, showing that there's a correlation between psychological distress and anxiety due to COVID. We worry about what to wear, drive or take the bus, the increasing gas prices, to big questions of war surrounding us, of leaders taking our freedom non-seriously, Everything is fighting for our attention. Nothing seems to help us slow things down, from a global pandemic to Russia invading Ukraine, and not forgetting the looming problem of antibiotic resistance. When I first arrived in the U.S., I was taken to a Target store. I was so overwhelmed by the many options of yogurt or milk. I asked myself, why do you need all these flavors? You just need one, vanilla. And you should be good, right? That was before I was taken to Casco store, which was another big giant of itself. Every day, something new comes up that takes our peace. And for me, it was trying to decide between these different yogurt flavors. But there are different things that take away our peace. And we ask ourselves, will this ever stop? Will we find a time where... We have peace and we don't have to worry about the so many options that are taking away our mental space. Too many questions, but we have very few answers. How can we find a compromise in the midst of this constant change? And sometimes we decide, at least for me, I retreat into myself, decide not to speak out or act for a change, because why should I say some things when I know they are not going to change? In the midst of constant change, we either retreat, speak out, and act for change, or grow nostalgic. 
I think back to a time when things were peaceful, when we were young and everything seemed to be fine, when you don't have to worry about the food or when you don't have to worry about the different flavors of yogurt. As a young boy in Uganda, I never thought of peace or depression. I just thought that I was just on this world and just had to do one thing to take care of my family. Life was just life and just, I just needed to be there and just needed to do what I was supposed to do. Even with the load I was carrying of taking care of my family, I never thought that I needed to slow down or take care of myself. Anxiety or depression are not something we talk about in Uganda. When my mother was taking care of all of us, I never saw her complain about her Lord. It was like we accepted our place in the world and never contested at any moment. I knew that I was supposed to do what my family and my community wanted to do, and I just needed to do it. That was it. It was not until when I started living in the Minnesota house, a place in Kampala, that I started hearing people talking about depression and the need for self-care. When I came here in the U.S., this has been the most talked about thing about in life, mostly, again, due to the pandemic. The more I told people about my story, the more people felt that it was too much for me. They started saying that you need to see a doctor. You may be depressed. When I went to see a therapist and a psychologist, they diagnosed me with depression and suggested that I needed to start medication. But this is coming from somebody who has never taken anything for my psychological depression needs. For a long time, I resisted because I could not see any connection between medication and solving my problems. I told them I just needed to work through these problems. However, life was still hard for me. Being here in the U.S. with no family, that was the time when my brother was still sick and my community asking for this financial help and taking care of all my other siblings with classes and everything that I needed and work, it just felt like it was too much. I felt like I could not take it anymore. I kept on asking myself, what was the point? I felt like I needed to be with my mother. The only thing that stood between me and suicide was God. Growing up in a Christian home, I kept on remembering the commandment that says you shall not murder. But I always thought that if a car knocked me down or something took my life, I would be happy. I had the food I needed. I had some money. I had rent. I should be happy. When things got so bad, I went for an emergency mental health appointment. With our conversation with the therapist, the therapist decided that I needed to be admitted to a mental health institution and suggested that it was not safe for me to stay home. While she was suggesting all this, all that was going in my head was like this. They don't know that I can't afford this. I'm not an American. Even though my insurance can pay for it, being admitted, let alone for mental health issues, means that this is the end for me. I may as well be kicked back home because it's the same. Checking into an hospital means I can't go to school, hence changing in my visa status, meaning that I become illegal, plus I will not be able to work, meaning I can't pay for my rent. So you see where things are going. Just like Okwonkwa in Chinua Achebe's novel, Things Fall Apart, 
tragedy just keep on coming from one problem to another until when there's nowhere to go. Um, from him being haunted by his father's action to his son being lazy and him killing his son's kin to exile and suicide. As I continued to think about these things, two gentlemen from Tanzania helped put my life back on track. One a successful nephrologist in the Twin Cities and another one a retired surgeon visiting the U.S. The conversation with them was so simple. They asked me the reason why I had come to the U.S. I told them I came to study. And then they asked me, do you have any family here you are going to rely on? I said, no. Do you think these people asking you for money and all these people who are worrying you from back home will care a bit if you are deported without finishing your degree? Or will you be the laughing stock in the village, being seen as very unsuccessful and somebody who failed to finish his degree? I said I will be seen as a failure. Then they said, so the answer is very simple. Just put your act together. People here in the U.S. can afford to break down. They can afford not to finish their degree. They can go back to their parents' basement and sleep. They will have food and they have rent. You can't. If you fail this, this will be the end for you and your family. The choice is yours, my friend. The following day, I just went and started taking my depression medication. I just decided to change all the things starting from uh, fresh again. With this, this helped me to calm down, helped me sleep, and so that I can focus during the day. I stopped sending money to anyone who asked me, and I only sent it to my family and those people I'm responsible for, and only focused on the essential things. I started drinking coffee during the day to help me keep me awake, and at the end of the school semester, I had performed well. I had paid my apartment rent, uh, my appetite had improved so well, and I was running longer distances. Furthermore, I decided to take a nine-week volunteer position at Holden Village, an intentional living community up in the North Cascade Mountains, in search of a true calling and peace. With so doing, I did something people rarely do in where I come from, taking a break to recharge. Not until this time, I had never appreciated the power of taking a break and finding peace for myself. We are always told that you can't give what you don't have, and I just thought it was a joke. I should have love. Everyone has it, right? Our self-control, or all these things. I grew up without seeing people taking holidays or doing things for fun. I just never thought that it was necessary. They are all reserved for the ultra-rich and the muzungus, those are the white people. I thought we are just machines marching in the world. We have to do what we are supposed to do. Like in Uganda, we don't have a concept of spring break. It wasn't until when I came here and thought that people have a one-week break, and I always thought that Americans joke too much. However, when my host family took us to the U.S. Virgin Islands for two weeks, I thought, I can live with this. Running away from the cold for two weeks was one of the best things that had happened in my life. We were on the sunny beaches on St. John Island, swimming and having some cocktails. What can go wrong? In Uganda, we just, you know, you work hard and, you know, you don't have a one-week vacation. 
you don't have like off days or anything. It's just, it's all work. But here people just, you know, take some break. Even though my problems still persisted, I was still in a much better place. Peace had returned to my heart. Michael Essinger, in his book, The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Self, talks about the wells in our hearts that are obstructed by negative feelings. The only way we can enjoy a fulfilling life is when we learn to watch these feelings. And one way to do that is taking time off to regain perspective. We work so hard that we lose who we are and what purpose we want to accomplish. And we ask ourselves, why are we working so hard? It was not until Ivan Ilyich was on his deathbed that he was able to examine his life only to see that the things he was so passionately worked about, organizing his work and working in the courts of law, did not matter, making him bitter with his life in the book by Leo Tolstoy. It is not Ivan Ilyich alone, but many of us pour our lives into things and we work so hard, but we never take a step back to think, is this the road I want to take? Am I living to the best of my potential? Is there something that I need to change? For most of us, it has been the pandemic, staying home with our families and working from home that has helped us to push the reset button, to bring the peace that liberates us from the monsters who had enslaved us. In the Bible, faith can move mountains, but only love can free us. But the only way to get love is through loving ourselves first. And that is the story of peace. Peace gives us the permission to love ourselves. Peace gives us contentment. Peace is the new moon that gives us the power to know that tomorrow is going to be a brighter day. Peace is everything. It gives you the power to sleep well at night and to dream of bigger places. It gives you the hope to dream bigger. It gives you the power of insight. But if you're so focused on what you don't have, if you're focused on how you can get on top of the mountain and how you'll be happy tomorrow when you have everything you've achieved, then, my friend, it's not going to be funny. It's not going to be fun because you will be on your deathbed one day and you ask, why have I wasted all my life? Why have I been so bitter with people? You know, when you're driving and that person just crosses you over and you're just like, God, why is this person crossing me over? And you're so annoyed with them and you honk and you do all these good things, you know. And then you reach home and you ask yourself, why was I rushing in the first place? And that, my friend, is when you start asking yourself, how can I find peace? How can I be a person who is contented, who even when they cross you over, you're not killing everybody, but you're just content. You're just taking your time to understand who you are as a person. And yeah, like, as I said, like, in Uganda, we just don't think about peace. Like, like, we feel like God is going to give it to us. Like, it's just a given. Like, you know, if you pray enough, if you spend enough time with the Bible, then you're going to be peaceful. But then 
I don't think it's a given. I don't think you're going to just have it. And I may be wrong. I'm still young. But from the few years that I've had, like it just feels like you just have to take it. It's like as the Bible, like we said, like it's like violence. You have to just take it. You know, like you don't have to wait for somebody to give it to you because nobody's going to give it to you. Like you wait for that time when you have that aha moment where like everything is going to be perfect and then you'll be peaceful. I tell you, my friend, I don't know if you'll find that time. I hope you do, but I have tried like to find that time, but it never comes. So you have to take it when you can. And you take a break and you reassess. You're like, okay, this is where my life is going, but is this where I want to go? Is this how I want to be bitter in my life? And yes, sometimes like when you see other people successful in quotations of like they have different things, they have a home, they have all these things, and you start feeling that these things are unfair to you and you start to struggle and you start to want to have that that they have, like the story my guardian told me of the farmer who was like trying to compare himself with the mechanic, not knowing that the other is a mechanic so he could drive any car he wants. There are so many things that take our, our peace and we have to think, rethink and rethink and rethink. And I am not saying that it is an easy thing. Like I always tempted and taken back into like this problem of trying to just say, oh, like, I'll, I'll be peaceful one day. If I just get that, I'll be very peaceful, I'll be content, I'll be happy. Then you get it and like, oh, yeah, but that's one more thing, just one more thing. And then you know where you're going, you know, one, one step at a time. Before you know it, you are on that last mile where there's nothing else, you know. And then, will you be peaceful then? I will let you answer that question. Thank you very much. All right, this is our poem for this episode. And it's all written by Stuart Walkaga. In the darkest hour, when we can't sleep, when our heads can't stop thinking, it just can't turn off. All the missed opportunities, the lost assets, the pending exam, peace come to us. Only if I get that raise at work, only if I get that job. When she loves me back, or when they say yes, I'll be so happy, I'll be peaceful. The grass is greener on the other side. When I have that big house, oh, did you see their new fancy car? I need to get that. When I do, I'll be the happiest person on earth. We lie to our hearts, to our families, and to our communities. But when all is said and done, we are empty, lonely, and far from peaceful, far from happiness. Where did I lose it? We ask. I was happy when I had the small car. I enjoyed my work, but now I can't sleep. All the sacrifices I've made, for what and peace I give to you, content to the world's end, we shall such. Shalom, relating peace is all that we need.